Hi Triber, we are back for the next season. Smart Girl Tribe has grown to become the UK's number one female empowerment organisation. We have an event series, a digital magazine, a membership platform and this podcast. What can you expect from us? Interviews from women all over the world who are driving change and pushing the needle forward. From actors to activists to CEOs and conflict photographers to the brains behind some of the world's largest corporations. When you're not tuned in every Wednesday at 6pm, then make sure you're chatting to fellow unapologetically ambitious women in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or sharing our ever so inspirational content on Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe. I am thrilled our first guest, Britta Fernandez-Schmidt, was so eager to join us on the Smart Girl Tribe podcast today. This is such a special episode for me because it's the first in our brand new season. We here really focus on women driving change all over the world, which is why she is so perfect. Britta is a dear friend and the executive director of Women for Women International, an organisation that works in conflict-affected countries, supporting the most marginalised women to rebuild their lives and create lasting change in their communities. Britta takes us right back to the start and behind the scenes we get into the nitty gritty opening up about her travels, how you too can work in women's rights and her dazzling celebrity partnerships as well as influencer culture, how you can build a charity and the gravitas in building such a formidable organisation. Guess what? You can totally get involved as well. You will have heard me talk about this a lot on Instagram, scarlet underscore Victoria underscore Clark but you can sponsor a sister. Head to the website womenforwomen.org.uk to find out more and change another woman's life. Before we get started, I have to be completely honest. I'm obviously a speaker and when I travel around and I'm asked who inspires me the most, I always say you and Women for Women. I honestly just find you so inspiring and so motivating and I follow you all the time on Instagram, on Twitter, just everything that you and Women for Women is doing I think is amazing and I keep up with everything but I really, really genuinely, sincerely do find you just just an incredible powerhouse if I'm honest. And yeah, just being in this female empowerment space as well, I think it's always great to be able to look up for uh, to somebody, but I really find that you're just so grounded and so humble that it really feels like we already have this connection. I just, I cannot wait for this interview to happen. I've been so excited about it for so long. So oh, thank you. So lovely. Honestly, thank you so much for saying that. It's just really, really wonderful. Um, you know, that's definitely one of the reasons why I'm trying to put myself out there with my, you know, with my Instagram and Twitter and just kind of trying to share like who I am fully, you know, mm-hmm. not just like one part of my identity. And um and so it's really I mean of course you don't often hear necessarily feedback, so you're kind of putting it out there and you're kind of hoping that um yeah, this no, is how completely. it comes across. But um so it's so lovely to hear that. So thank you. No, and I think very... what you're doing is wonderful. Oh thank, <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Um, going back to the start, were you always interested in women's rights, Brita, or was there a particular moment you realised you wanted to go into this industry? For a very, very long time, um, I felt really strongly about um, the position of women and girls. And so I remember very, really clearly around the age of 14, I moved with my family from Germany to Venezuela. And I talk about this a lot. This really was a defining moment. Before that, I, I, I think I wasn't so aware that I was a girl. I just was a human. You know, I was growing up and I was doing my thing. And and around about that age, um, I think it's when you start to realise 
ah, okay, we're not actually just all equal. <laughs> you know, there is a huge difference. And the main one is to do with your gender. And and that coincided with me moving to Venezuela. So it's like a double whammy of, of, of realizing um, inequality based on gender and then realizing inequality based on, you know, income and geography and um, this kind of extreme poverty and how that intersects with, um, with, with gender inequality. So really from that moment, um, it was just something that kind of ignited within me. And I thought, you know, I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, really? What? You're going to treat mm-hmm. half the population differently just because they don't have a penis? No, okay. I mean, this is like, does, doesn't even make sense, you know? So, um, and, and then, and then I had to follow that. It was a really, really strong passion. And now, of course, looking back, you know, after nearly 30 years, now 25 years, no, well, no, actually more than that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I can see that that outrage around that injustice, which is so fundamental to our society globally, really has been the driving force behind um, what I've done. Um, so that's the one thing that I would say that I have found the strength within me to be true to that fire, to this kind of fierceness that I felt within me, you know, and, um, and, 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 and kind of then that became my purpose. You obviously now are the executive director of Women for Women International. When did you first get involved with the organisation? So I, so I grew up in Venezuela and then I um, came to the UK to study and I um, studied literature and kind of feminist literary criticism and then did a master's in women's studies. Um, and then and then I kind of didn't really know, you know, what to do. Um, and like, what do you now do? Like, I'm, I mean, I'm a feminist, but how do you earn money like that, right? Completely. Um, I can relate um, a lot. <laughs> right, exactly. Because you... <clears throat> You know, I, anyway, so so I found um, I found a job at the European Women's Lobby in Brussels, and that was great. But it it enabled me to really learn a lot about um, gender equality and the policies surrounding that, and how you can um, advocate for change. But it wasn't related to international development, um, and and I really wanted that. And so eventually, I found a job with um, Womankind Worldwide, and I was there for ten years. And that was a job really that enabled me to combine my passion around gender, um, you know, um, equality, and um, justice in general, and kind of addressing extreme poverty. Um, and I'd been there 10 years and it got to the point where I knew, you know, in order to continue to grow, because that's something that's always been so important to me to feel that I'm always learning something new, always stretching myself. Um, you know, I knew I had to move to an, to a different organization and I know you've thought to myself, I don't know where to move, like where am I all? Because there are not that many organizations, at least at the time in, uh, in the UK who were focusing on women's rights, gender equality and international development. And um, and so um, I, I was just um, thinking where to go and I was contacted by the headhunters who were looking for an executive director to set up um, and build the um, office for Women for Women International in the UK. And now the incredible thing is, Scarlett, that I had actually read Zainab Zalbi, who's the founder of Women for Women International, who set up the organization about 26 years ago now. I had read her autobiography two years before um it's called growing up under the shadow of saddam hussein and um, it's a really fascinating book so i highly recommend it in fact this needs to be one of my five recommendations <laughs> um 
and and at the end, and it basically tells the story of how she grows up in Iraq, <clears throat> and um, and it ends with her setting up Women for Women International at the age of twenty three, and why she sets it up, um, and she talks about how she wanted to reach out to women in Bosnia, and um, because that was the time when there was a genocide, and she wanted to say to women that they might think the world has forgotten them, but she is here to tell them that it hasn't. You know that we think of them and to build the solidarity and um, this is kind of how I said and you know when I was reading this it just something resonated so deeply within me like I thought that was the missing third leg of my stool mm-hmm. right so I had the women's rights passion I had the international development and, and addressing poverty passion and then the third one was this human connection reminding us that we are humans and that actually where we were born literally has nothing to do with us it's a coincidence mm-hmm. and, and 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 kind of trying to build this connection again um and have and seeing that at the heart of um of the change that we want to see in the world whether that's gender equality poverty or war or conflict and um so anyway it was like oh i remember finishing the book and literally <laughs> is, is the organization mm-hmm. and i remember going on the internet like okay where is women from international you know where are they well why have i not heard of them anyway it turns out they were based in washington and that's why i hadn't heard of them and you know anyway and so but i set this intention there and then just instinctively to say this is I have to somehow at one point I have to do something with them because this is just amazing. So two years later, when the headhunters them contacted mm-hmm. me, it was like, oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, what do I do, right? And that's how I came. That's how I came to um, to to apply for the job. Mainly Scarlett because I said to myself, okay, I'm probably not going to get it. Like typical mm-hmm. woman thinking I'm not qualified. Um, but if I can just get to the point where I can meet Zaina because I knew that if you go through the interview process, eventually, you know, Zaina was going to interview you. I thought, I mean, that will be worth it. I just need to get through the last, to the last stage. You know, and it was incredible. It was incredible. And I, I think she is, the, you know, an absolutely amazing woman um, and definitely one who, who inspires me deeply and has done ever since I read her book. And, um, and, 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 it, and she kind of, I guess, spared me on without even knowing to to get to that point and and then she you know she gave me a job and she gave me this opportunity to grow women for women international in the uk which has just been like a yeah just like coming home finding my third leg you know so yeah it's an incredible it's an incredible incredible story so your job now does it look how it did when you first started or has your day-to-day changed changed completely mm-hmm. you know which is great actually because i'm thinking about this i've been here now 11 years mm-hmm. and i just said to you earlier you know it's so important for me to always learn and always be stretched and and uh, and i think because this job i mean it's, it's much more than a job this relationship i have have with women from international has really allowed me to continuously grow and i've been growing with the organization you know of course now so when i started i had one and a half staff basically now we have about a team of 37 we're bringing in around six million you know we're helping thousands of women in countries affected by conflict so my day-to-day job has completely changed so in the first um uh, you know few few years I was super hands-on. You know, I was out there. I was I was raising awareness. I was getting um, supporters. Um, I was really, really just grafting, do, doing the hard work. Um, and now I'm much more 
speaking about the work, really opening opportunities. I'm, I'm, I'm able to take a much longer, um, you know, term perspective, think strategically um, and, and, and support the amazing team I have to do the work that I used to do, um, which is wonderful because I know what they're doing. So I think I hope that they feel understood and supported. So, um, yeah, it's very different now. No, I'm <laughs> sure they do. I've met so many members of your team and they just all love their positions. They love their jobs so no you're doing an excellent job now other than funding what would you say is the most common challenge that you face now yes exactly funding is a challenge <clears throat> the other most um you know actually the, in fact this is probably even a bigger challenge than funding and that is um is actually the team is having the right team is the most important thing and as you say and i completely agree with you i think we have an incredible team. I have some phenomenal colleagues. And, you know, organizations are made up of people. People give to people. You know, you can, you, you build, of course, you build a reputation for an organization and their organizational values and their organizational concepts. And you have your theory of change and the work that you do, that's all vitally important. But it's brought alive by the people. And, um, and, and so you know finding the right staff is really important and then also um, enabling that staff to grow within an organization so that they don't feel the need to leave after a year or two years um that's a, that's really really important and um, and it's not easy and i think particularly the younger generation um and i don't know whether you identify with this um, i think there's and i love this by the way there is such a clarity around you know i'm I, I, I want it all and I want it now and I'm not going to wait and I'm not going to take no for an answer and you know I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for knowledge and for action and, for, and, 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 and I think this is so exciting and um, there's so much more than, than it was when I was you know, um, you know kind of 20 years ago and, um, and so but that kind of poses some challenges in the sense that you know an organization um, is, is hard to always accommodate that for everybody. So we've had, uh, you know, this year in particular, quite a lot of um, people just leave after a year, after a year and a half, because, you know, they took what they could from it and now they're ready to take the next thing. Um, and, and that's great, but it, it really means that we need to think about um, either accept this is how it's going to be and therefore how do we you know how do we manage that in terms of the tasks that we need to um, take care of you know or perhaps find ways to become more flexible and 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 um and adjust to the requirements of our younger staff members so. no that's really that's really really insightful because obviously i'm a speaker so i go around to different schools and universities and i have those conversations with the younger students and it's so true they want everything but everything's about the now they want it instantly and i have to explain to people it took me 75 times to record my first podcast episode it took me a year to write a book and then another year of editing if you're really in this for the longevity and you want to be in it for the long haul you can't just snap between things in my opinion so no I completely relate to that and talking about human connection for anyone listening to this obviously I'd like to think that all of our listeners are feminists. What would you advise that they can do to not only support Women for Women International, but also what can they do in general to pull up more chairs for women at the table? Yeah, you know, I really love that question. And what it made me think of immediately is that um, 
that actually that is I love this image of pulling up chairs so that women can sit at the table because that is an action right and and actually there is something about making space and that might mean that you move sideways and that you make room next to you and it's and so that's a completely different concept than the one that we um, traditionally are taught which is like that the stepping is always stepping up right you need to step up and what's your next career move up the career ladder it's not it's never sideways it's never this you know there's really it's, and it's all about you um and it's also there's definitely also this um understanding that you know your success um comes at the expense of someone else's not success when actually what i want to believe as a feminist and i do think that for me this links to my feminism you know we all have different feminisms right and the way we live that will be very different and that's a great thing by the way um for me for my feminism and um, part of the of my of how i or my advance in my career and I, I literally want to kind of put parenthesis in you know on or kind of in on all of these words because they are so loaded you know um but for me it's about um getting myself to understand that the more success everybody around me has the more success i will have and that actually it's not um it's not a limited pool of success that we have to fight for but that actually by encouraging another woman's success i will be more successful in fact one of my favorite um kind of images that i talk about a lot um uh, nowadays is you know as i witness another woman's rising she gives me wings Wow. And for me, yeah, right? That's so powerful. Right. This is what I think. And I I came up with this because I was trying to find a way to express how, what, what is the force within me that allows me to overcome challenges and to com- truly commit to me. And actually, that force is often reflected in another woman for me. Um, and when I feel deeply inspired by somebody, that is what inspires me. What inspires me in that someone is this strength and the, the, the power, you know, this raw power that we all have, but we put a lid on all the time. The women who don't put the lid on or kind of who put the lid off a little bit, they are the ones who touch me right there. And when I see that, it's like it, it helps me to put the lid off and it helps me to rise. So I witness another one's rising and she literally gives me wings. And, and that, so that, so you right. so this is what this is about, isn't it, Scarlett? So if, if I can help somehow in some small way to, uh, for another woman to empower herself and to rise, I mean, that's like, I'm flying, right? And so actually, that's the same thing with pulling up a chair next to you because A, you're giving another woman a seat and B, you're no longer alone. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is, I was talking about this um, the other day. So I have, actually, I've been doing this over the last few years. I've wanted to co-lead Women for Women International because I, again, this is part of my feminism. The belief that when I started to be the CEO seven years ago, um, a coach that I had at the time, she said, okay, Brida, you are the big cheese now. You're the CEO. <laughs> and it's really lonely at the top and you just got to, you know, grow a pair and this is how it's going to be now. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of, you know, face up to it. Mm-hmm. 
and the interesting thing was like 50% of me were like, Whoa, okay, okay, right, right, right. Okay, okay, I really must be strong now. Okay, you know. Uh. And then the other part of me was like, what? That sounds horrible and I don't want that and that's not the kind of leadership that I believe in and you know, and, and why does it have to be lonely at the top? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? And so actually, and then it's taken me a while to get to the point where I've convinced those around me and, and, and I found the right woman to co-lead with and so now it's no longer lonely at the top because I've draw, I've, I've literally pulled up a chair right next to me and Siobhan is sitting there and we're sitting there together and I swear I feel more powerful, more settled and grounded in who I am and more excited about every day than I've ever done before. Oh so. my goodness. No, it's an incredible story and I've met Siobhan as well and she is an amazing speaker. I know she gets incredibly nervous, but she's hilarious. And it's so interesting because again, even when I go into schools and universities, I have to explain, particularly to women, that we have almost been told to shrink ourselves since the beginning of time. I mean, this goes back to, I remember watching, um, what's the film called, Mean Girls, when I was really young. And it's very much, women are pitted against each other and you can dissect really up until now up until the past few years you could really dissect a film or a book and there was always one woman against another and it's just I find it really bizarre because now when I speak at universities and I'm explaining this you almost see these light bulbs go off like oh my gosh that's so true we almost have always been pitted against each other and I've never had that belief that if someone else succeeds I can succeed too and vice versa I always say to people because I was asked most recently actually I spoke at the University of Warwick why am I so unapologetically ambitious and I said because and people weren't really expecting this answer but I thought back and I thought if I wasn't if I just thought you know what I'm too shy to do this I'm too timid to do this I'm too girly to do this the people who I have impacted their lives may have changed, but not by me. And I try and think of all of the lives that I can impact positively by being so unapologetically ambitious. And we organise at Smart Girl Tribe, we now have Smart Girl Tribe Summits. So they're all event series. And we had one last month and somebody came up to me afterwards and she said, you are just so lovely to your team. You really are just so lovely. And I thought, that's really odd because, of course, I'm going to do anything I can to make them feel like their best, fearless, most authentic selves. But it's really bizarre that as women for so long, we have almost had this idea put upon us that, oh, if she succeeds, I can't succeed. And that's not the case at all. I think that's right. I think, and I think, to to be honest, I think it's a very patriarchal way of looking at um, success and as, as, as looking at um, you know at the at kind of pro- progress. Um, and I think we can redefine that, um, but we need to become aware of it first. How ingrained it is within us, you know, we don't even question it, and we probably don't even identify it as part of the gender stereotypes that we've um, been conditioned to to live with. Um, but that when we do. It's still not going to be easy, right? But you can consciously consciously just say, I choose to believe that the more successful the women around me are, the more I will also be, you know, successful or happy or at peace or whatever. Um, And then, of course, you do it. And then, of course, you don't have to force yourself anymore because then you see it. (laughs) Then you know it. 
So um, talking about breaking barriers, you work, other than with your team, you work alongside a lot of rape survivors and women who are based in conflict-stricken areas of the world, which, you know, I know you said if you can have a small impact, but you really do, Brie, to have such a large impact on the world. How do you stay level-headed and not take that home with you those emotions because obviously I know you have two daughters you have a husband you have a family how are you able to come back home once you've been there and remain level-headed because I know it's something I have really really struggled with I, I struggle with it um you know and I have but what I have done um Scarlett I think I have um <clears throat> I've embraced it as um part of who I am uh, that so I don't try to um, you know somehow think there's something wrong with me. I have to find a way to for this not to come home with me, for for them to box it away. Um, I can't because it's so it's so this fire within me that also has to do with this human connection. I can't box that off. What I do, what I am work on, and I on a daily basis is to know what helps me to stay grounded and for the grief and sadness um, not to overwhelm me. I will always feel it and, and it's right there because, you know, because actually it is really, it's, and, and the anger, you know, it's both anger and sadness. Um, and, and, and it's, it's, but it's part also of, it's the flip side of the love you know, and the joy that I feel when I meet these incredible women, because, you know, it's never only sad. There's always, in the darkest moments, there's also the light. And actually, in the darkest moments, that light is even brighter than you can imagine. And that um, gives me the strength and the hope, that knowledge. Um, but then also really practically, this is very esoteric, um, really practically, I, you know, as you say, as you probably know, I run every morning. I, um, I meditate. I, I really have committed to my well-being. Um, I, I try and ground myself before I travel, um, so that it doesn't go straight into me. That that energy in some of these places, and um, and that's that definitely helps. But I also try not to be harsh on myself. And most of the times when I come back home, I, I spend a good day or so just crying and. You know, just just saying, this is really horrible. What people can do to each other, um, and then and then I take that, and I take a deep breath, and then I go out with a renewed fire, right? So you, because it's energy, isn't it? It's all energy, and you can direct that if you get to know yourself. Um, so, and those stories, you know, those stories, they, some of them, they will never leave you, but that's not a bad thing they're like my friends yeah that's so good to hear because I recently went on safari I went to Tanzania and while I went with my family because now my brothers and I we all have partners so my parents have said this would really be our last hurrah as a family of five it was an incredible trip but what did happen there was one particular or two particular mornings my parents just wanted to go and look around the town and that was fine and I came across these young girls and they were children and seeing them they shared their stories with me and it really really 
just completely struck me because I've been doing this work for so long and I'm an ambassador for the NSPCC. So here in Britain, I have had to meet young children who are being bullied or going through so uh, foster care or self-harming. But so I never really thought that out there something could impact me so much. But on the journey back, I was just in floods of tears and we came back and for about three days, I couldn't work, I couldn't do anything because these images were going round round my head and I was contacting all of these different organisations saying, I need to get involved, I need to do something. And I really felt that something was wrong with me. I thought this can't just be me, the one that's crying here and sitting here, which leads me on to my next question, which is when I did come home, this may be personal, something that I really struggled with was then seeing influencers or Love Island being so popular and things like this. All of these, what you could maybe consider trivial subjects, but also certain celebrities who are showing off their diamonds. How do you cope with that because I can honestly say I haven't got to that point yet I see all of this on Instagram and I tell myself positive things and I say it's okay just focus on the work that you're doing but I find myself really getting quite angry about it how can you be you know showing off your diamonds and that's just one of many things when all of this is going on the other side of the world so can I ask how you cope with that yeah I got it love that question you just I just really um, I'm so I really love how thoughtful you are and Scarlett honestly and how important it is to talk about these things because I swear that when you are someone who has that passion you are going to experience this anger aren't you I mean you are there's let's just face it absolutely you know completely and and you know can you understand what is going on really no you can't there's no way it's exactly what I had when I was 14 I was in Venezuela country clubs, super rich people, and right next to it, the shanty towns, people living in cardboard boxes. What? Yeah. Anybody? I mean, hello, excuse me, anybody? <laughs> so that is always there. It's always there. And it's just like my, it's like my propelling energy that gets me to do all the things that I'm doing. But what I had to do um, is I had to make peace with the fact that we are all different. We have all different levels of evolvement or whatever you want to say. We're different levels of awareness. And that then means that there are different things that we can do. Um, and so they are, so I, what I try and do is I try and meet as much as I can meet everybody actually with love and compassion. That's sometimes really hard because you kind of think, you know, you have all of this and you could do so much. Do you realize? Um, but if, you know, what I feel like all I can do is I can show the opportunities that exist for people to make a difference. That's how I see. In fact, so I don't even talk really about fundraising. For me, it's like matchmaking. It's like I know there is a huge need and I know there are people who want to have a purpose and they want to find meaning. And I feel like I match them together. So I, I, I can amplify the need that I see and that I hear about and I can you know link it to people who want to make an investment, who want to feel better, who want to find meaning, who want to somehow know that their life has a bigger purpose but if you are not that person and, and you are not there yet, um, then that's also okay. And I, I, I can, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to learn to live with that because I don't want to, um, you know, waste my energy on, you know, on that necessarily. Having said that, I think there's a huge um, um, need 
for advocacy, right? And Women for International, we have a strong advocacy program, and it's absolutely important to uh, call out the systematic inequalities that exist um, that have led to this inequality. Um, and uh, but you know, I try not to. Um, I try not to let it get it to let it get to me. And you know what I also do. And my husband actually often says, "But how do you do this? How do you do this? You go to these immense, you know, rich houses and you meet with donors, and then you know, next month you're in the middle of nowhere in Nigeria. And you know, how do you combine this? And and for me, I just always focus on why I'm doing it, because that never changes. That never changes. I know exactly why I'm doing this, and so I know. And that's and that is what um keeps me grounded um no that's really that's really good advice because i can honestly say say i'm often asked what my biggest challenge is and i go into schools regularly now being a speaker and i can honestly say i'm asked many many times well how many followers do you have and i'm asked how much money do you make i've been asked very frankly are you rich and things like this and i'm thinking i don't really think you're seeing the point here there's something missing so that i find really hard because it's not just the people at the top who are promoting this ideal if you like it's also those at the bottom who aren't necessarily doing what they can to be informed and educated and to learn about these topics and it really does frustrate me when I'm there laying all of the statistics down and the data and then still being asked these questions yes right exactly and then and then I think what and this is again it's such an important point right that you don't get um that it's so it's so hard not to be swayed by the assumptions that are underlying those questions and not to suddenly question yourself, oh, that's true. Well, if it's true, maybe I don't have enough followers. I mean, maybe I should be. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm... And then it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, just stop. Different people have different ways of looking at the world. And um, you know what moves you. You know your truth. And that is what matters. And it's according to your truth that you are going to evaluate, if there is such a thing, your progress and your success, in inverted commas, isn't it? Only you get to decide that. No one else gets to decide it. You know, if, if the young kids think you're not successful mm-hmm. because you don't make a lot of money, that's okay. That's their way of looking at it. And maybe one day they will remember the talk that you gave and they will remember, ah, oh, now I get it, mm-hmm. right? But the most important thing is that you know you know why you're doing this right no it's so true actually that uh yeah like i said is just really really sound advice and talking about your donors you obviously have a lot of celebrity ambassadors helen mirren being one etc you have worked with charlotte tilbury all of these different incredible um fashion designers etc for our listeners who want to start maybe a charity organization or who want to fundraise are you approached by these celebrities now or do yeah do you approach them or do they approach you how does that how can our younger audience i guess really start approaching maybe not even celebrities but influencers how can they try and get them on board yes so the most important thing for me and this is how we've grown this i wanted to work with other women who have a wider reach so that I wouldn't have to spend money on marketing. So this was because I want this money to help women in terms of the conflict. So that was my number one objective. And then the most important thing, I was very, very clear that I was looking for women with integrity 
who genuinely believed in the work that Women for International does. So it has never been about the reach, only. You see, so, so, so because it's like, how, what priorities do you set? So it hasn't been, oh my God, I need to have the women with the most reach and then randomly reach out to them. Never, 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 never. Then it's really been about setting an intention. So literally, I would, I remember very clearly we had a, um, we had a, a brainstorm in my team. It was like a marketing day uh, team that we had. And we and we kind of thought, okay, let's dream big. Who would be the most amazing women that could be associated with Women for International that have gravitas and, and uh, you know, and integrity and who are feminists and who, you know, and all of these things. Um, and we just, and I said, and do not hold back. Put it on the wall. This is like our favorite word now. Always like, put it on the wall. Because it's, and there's something about, isn't it, and you know this, about writing something down, about really saying, I want this. And you know, maybe it's not going to happen in the next couple of years, but it will one day. Honestly, you put it on a wall, it's going to happen. Anyway, so Helen Murren was one of the names we put on the wall, you know, with a photo. And of course, we're all like, I mean, you know, Helen Murren. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't have Helen Murren on the wall, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, anyway, the incredible thing is with Helen Murren, that literally two months later, and we hadn't actually done anything about that, right? We just put it on a wall and we kind of said, okay, let's see, you know, how we might, what might be the route towards her. And, but we hadn't gotten around it. And, um, and Helen Murren's assistant got in touch with me to say that Helen Murren had seen our She Inspires Me short video. Mm-hmm. And that she wanted to support us and get involved. In fact, that she had already added us as one of her charities on her website. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my. The thing is, that, you know, so this could be like a freak coincidence. <clears throat> this is not the only one. So then we put John Lewis on there. Um, and then a couple of months later, one of our corporate partners um, was doing the Selfish Mother. She was doing these sweatshirts for us. And suddenly they were going to be sold by John Lewis for information you know like this richly literally so there's definitely something about allowing yourself to dream and to put it on a page because often we hold ourselves back at that stage which is crazy because it doesn't cost anything right that's the key really setting intention but then also letting it go so don't become completely attached to Helen Moon is the only person because it's not Helen Moon isn't the only person who's going to help you grow your brand or who's going to be the right fit for you but it's by setting intention you're then opening yourself up to seeing when you meet people she would be great and I actually remember you know Scarlett um, our first ambassadors they were just awesome brilliant women who yes had a, a small but fierce following but who you know other people would say oh I mean who is she well mm-hmm. yeah nobody really knows her and I'm like well actually that's not true you might not rate her mm-hmm. but she has a really quite and, and you know what she wants to support us so come in mm-hmm. and this is the other kind of t- term that I coined be an inclusive movement not an exclusive club wow. right you right you know invite people in and so what if they only have five thousand followers if they're awesome followers and and she wants to do something for us great and then let them grow with you so this is another thing let them grow with you because you know that some we, we are starting out aren't we so they are starting out well let's grow together and you know lo and behold many of them are quite big teasers now and you know everybody's really delighted that they are our ambassadors yeah, anyway, so there you go. So I think this is the key thing. Set the intention, allow yourself to dream big, focus on integrity, you know, why you want them. Um, 
I think then people will find you, but also you can, of course, go out proactively. I have gone out, not that often, to be honest. It's often been that I, for example, Charlotte Tilbury, she heard me speak at an event and she came up to me and then we got, um, you know, talking and then she, you know, did something for us and then she became our ambassador. And many um, women I would actually end up meeting personally um, and that then kind of engages in a conversation because I think in the end of the day, personal relationships vitally important yeah of course it comes back to that human connection again if you build a healthy strong relationship with somebody and you connect over something incredible things can happen it's like when people say when women support women amazing things happen it's so so true and that's really the core of well both of our organizations so if somebody was to or wanted to contact personally, whether it be an influencer or a celebrity or someone who is well-known, would you suggest they call them, email them? What words would grab them? What's your personal opinion? So my personal opinion is that you need to really get to know the person and why. Why do you want them involved in what you're doing? So make it super, super personal and then find a way to um, ideally either meet them or maybe you contact them on social media or maybe just kind of make it and and, and make it engaging so that um, and meaningful, you know, not like, "Mm, I think you're really great. You have a really big following. (laughs) Can you help me? I mean, I know this is really, but um, and if you can, I mean, if you have, you know, if you know somebody who can somehow connect you and if there's like this personal introduction, I think that is, makes a huge difference. Um, but otherwise, um, it's the root is the agent, isn't it? So you can find out who the agent is and then um, find a way to really make your case compelling and, and be very clear how they can help you because this is the thing we think of them as as these kind of really big important people and why would they want to help you but actually the only reason why they are going to support you is if they see very clearly how they could help you this is i mean even for me for myself i've got a number of um you know young women who get in touch with me and ask me could you mentor me can you help me and i always say tell me exactly why you think I can help you, what help you want from me, so that I can, you know, assess whether this is actually, you know, really going to make an impact, because that's that's what I think we're all interested in. Completely, to be crystal clear, I think yeah. I say exactly the same when I'm asked to be a mentor, I say what exactly, you know, why me, and what exactly do you need from me, because then I can work out how I can best serve you if you like would you say this works the same with press obviously you're a force to be reckoned with you are recognized now you're featured in a lot of major publications do you find yourself contacting them or maybe at the beginning did you find yourself contacting them or did they still contact you so it was really interesting of course because I'm part of an organization so at the beginning um it was a lot about the organization and we had specifically my Siobhan who's now my co-leader at the time she was the um, head of fundraising and marketing she had um, specifically identified the the need to um really kind of build my own personal brand like the Brita brand she called it (laughs) and I, I wasn't so kind of comfortable with it at the beginning because I thought you know this work isn't about me this work is about the work and I want to do whatever I can do to serve the organization but I understand of course very well now that she was absolutely right and um 
and of course I'm also really happy doing it now um, but so it was a lot about um, prom- kind of promoting me and my background and what I knew um, and positioning myself as a spokesperson so um, the kind of expertise that I had to offer so we would practically go out and um, issue press releases build relationships with the press with editors with feature writers you know with independent journalists who write for newspapers because once you get to know them and importantly they get to know you then of course um you don't have to push so hard anymore because they then the story comes up and they immediately think ah you know Britta gave me a quote for this last time well I'm going to quickly ask her because also I know Britta responds really well and da, 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 all of those kind of things and um yeah and so I think that's that's really important that you um position yourself that you build relationships with um you know with and there's and I mean things have changed so much right there's so much is online mm-hmm. now and there's so many they're just women like you and me and you can reach you can start to follow them and what they're writing and then engage with them and you know get to know become friends I have so many amazing um you know magazine editors and and feature writers who are my friends they're my friends and and it's it's amazing it's just wonderful they're also just humans yeah no i completely i completely agree with that at the end of the day one thing that we tend to forget is everybody no matter if it's brad pitt or the woman next door we are all humans and we all want to support and help one another but we tend to put these people on a pedestal we think oh wow we'll never be able to reach them when actually if you just give it a go and you try you really can other than i mean do you know, I just think it's so interesting, Scarlett. You know, when you contacted me and you contacted mm-hmm. me about your book, yes. and and you told me what you were doing, and it was just it was this perfect example, actually. You know, of the way you wrote the letter, so authentic, so passionate, so completely on brand, as it were, mm-hmm. with my purpose. Like, how am I not going to say yes? No, no seriously. Because this is the thing, and this is but it's because you did the research. You you know you knew how you position, and that is that's literally how you do it. I think it's very hard to say no if somebody's really done a good job in researching and positioning it well. Oh my gosh, to hear that from you must mean must mean that I've done a good job. Thank you so much. And what I was going to ask is, other than events and social media, where else could our listeners reach the press, if you like? Yeah, events, um, social media, <clears throat> how do you reach the press? I think, I mean, there are, yeah, I think that's probably it. I'm just trying to think, how do we do this? Um, so, of course, you, yeah, so you follow them on social media, you read the events, how do we do this? This is really how we do it. If I think about all the um, editors and people that I know, um, I guess maybe also ask, mobilizing your networks. You know, asking who do you know, who can you connect me to? Um, you know, sometimes I mean, what we did recently. This is actually a group of our supporters who did this fantastic um, book called Comfort Zones, um, and it's a compilation, right, of um, of different um, essays. <clears throat> Now, of course, that's like a that's like a you know quite an extensive project to in order to reach out. But actually, sometimes something like that, which I'm sure you have found as well, right, mm-hmm. is a really wonderful way of building relationships and of reaching out to people who you think are normally maybe unreachable. But if you give them an opportunity to contribute in a way that's meaningful to them, that allows them to amplify their voice, and you kind of create a platform where they can engage with, well, then you know, you, they will probably be responding to that. Um, and then lo and behold, you're suddenly building these relationships. So yes, I think that that's is really that's good another advice. way. 
No, that's um. Now we have spoken a little bit about women for women and you and your brand and some business, but now I really, really want to get into the core. So there may be some tears, but we're going to try and stay very positive. We'll start with the UK first. I know you have said previously that we also need to fight on our own soil. How can we as women do more in the UK to help women today? What are some ways, maybe tangible tips that our listeners can hear and actually think, you know what, I can go and do that today, tomorrow, next week. Just some easy tips. I mean, there's so much, isn't there? I mean, you spoke about going and talking to um, to schools, um, talking to young people, sh- opening up about your own experiences in whatever way you choose to do that. You know, whether that's on a one-on-one setting, whether that's um, <clears throat> writing about it, or whether it's you know talking about it, or whether putting it on social media, the power of other women sharing their stories. I think, in fact, it's the most powerful force for change, to be really honest. I, I know it's hard, but when it happens, if you look at the Me Too movement, for example, I mean, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's just powerful beyond measure, more powerful than, you know, political campaigns with a, with a kind of clear, detached policy message. Um, I mean, they are very important, and they have, you know, created enormous change for women, um, but uh, but the personal stories, and because it goes back to the personal connection, so trying to um, you know reach out in that way, I think is really important, and everybody can do that. Um, this kind of drawing up a, a chair, if you if you can support another woman, literally, and this can be your neighbour, this can be your I, I mean, this can be your friend. It doesn't really matter. It could be a woman that you've been seeing has been struggling, and you want to offer her some help that's hugely powerful then there of course there are amazing amazing organizations who who work with young women with girls with women with survivors of violence in, in the uk so many are dependent on volunteering and and volunteer help or fund you know organize a fundraising activity and raise money for them um but you know there's it's really about identifying is there something specific that you feel passionate about that's always been bugging you? Um, and then just spend an hour on your internet and just find out what is there and what's the one thing you can do and then do it. But like commit, commit to doing it because otherwise you're also not going to feel so good because you know there's something you want to do. And then if you don't, if you just give up because it's maybe it needs, it requires a little bit of an effort to find the thing that you can do, you're not going to feel great. So do it. I mean, I'm a firm believer in action. Yeah, no, so. completely. One thing that I absolutely loved was at the um, She Inspires Me event, I know you had postcards and everybody who attended the event had to write down the five things that they were going to do over the next three months and then we had to put them in a basket as we left and those postcards were actually sent to us three months later and we could look back and either feel well not necessarily in my case but I'm sure some people felt a little bit guilty maybe they hadn't done their things but it was a really really I remember it really uh vividly when it arrived my postcard going through it and thinking oh my gosh I really just need to step back and think I committed to achieving those things and I have so I loved that. That was something that really, really yeah. stood out for me. Now, talking about being abroad and traveling, because you travel so, so much, could you explain in your own words what Women for Women International is 
and what you do and maybe how often you travel and go to these war-stricken places? Yeah, so Women for International, as I mentioned earlier, it was set up about 26 years ago and with the aim of helping the most socially marginalised and excluded women in countries affected by war and conflict and fragility to rebuild their lives. And that's what we do, and we do it uh, through a year-long holistic programme that focuses on four key outcome areas. And when I say holistic, what I mean by that is that we look at the woman as a full woman, not just as a, um, a person who needs health or a person who needs to be productively, um, you know, economically powerful or a person who needs to be socially connected uh, or a person who needs to know her rights. Actually, this all interdependent and that's in that sense it's holistic. So if you, if you don't know about your rights, it's really hard to feel empowered if you don't feel empowered, it's really hard to, to actually use the skills that you might be learning and, and earn an income. If you're not healthy, it's really hard to feel self-confident. and then earn, you know, So actually, they're all linked. And that is really what is so special about Women for International, is that that is at the heart of what we do, that understanding that we need to provide this holistic support. Um, and so that's what we do. Um, and we do it through a year-long program, and we aim at these four outcomes. But we also work with men um, through a men's engagement program where we um, appeal to their leadership to change their attitudes, to show them that they can have an incredible impact on the women in their lives and on the wider community, therefore, in creating um, an environment where there is greater equality and actually greater prosperity. Because we know that 70% of the poorest in the world are women. 70% of the poorest in the world are women. I mean, you know, I say this statistic once a day. Mm. And I still think that is just incredible. If we all just stop, stop for a moment to realize this, you know, that tells it all. So, so we absolutely have to make a concerted effort to reaching out to women and to addressing the underlying gender inequality that has led to this in the first place. And that requires all of us. So women are not the problem, right? Mm -hmm. It's the societal conditioning that is the problem that has led to the, to, to the, to the situation. So, um, so that's what Women for International is doing. So we, we support women directly and we give them a cash stipend. Also, we allow them to save money to, um, to, to know their rights and to, um, to rebuild their lives. And of course, what we see, Scarlett, is that in, in turn, they are impacting on the lives of women around them. On average, we know that for every woman we help, she in turn helps another five individuals around them. So wow. the ripple effect is, um, is enormous. What's maybe one thing you would want people, not only our listeners, to know about the areas you visit? So the one thing I want people to stop and think is that when you listen to the news and you hear there's another bomb that's gone off in Kabul and 200 people are dead and you're just having your cereal and you're just going along or in Iraq, you know, a bus has been bombed or just stop for a moment just to realize they are humans. They're not numbers. They're not victims. They're not somehow another species over there that are just no they're humans they're humans right now so the 100 people have just died the 100 families who are grieving someone they've lost 
And not because I want you to get all depressed and somber, but just because I think we need to tap into this humanity, the, the way we're connected as humans, in order to propel us to then maybe do something. Just do something. And even if it's just to say to someone else, oh my God, how horrendous, how awful. Right? Because mm-hmm. it's awful. It's not just, oh, you know, the Turkish are uh, bombing uh, the Kurdish, Kurds in, in, in Iraq. Um, that's mm-hmm. awful. <laughs> you know? So I think we've just, we, we need to, we need to, um, we need to wake up. So the one thing that I want us to do is to realize that these are humans. And that's why Women Form International focuses so much on the stories, on telling the stories of the women so that you know that this could be you. She could be me. We are connected. And because when you feel that, then you will do something. Absolutely. It's, I don't know when it happened, but somewhere along the line, we forgot that this isn't about numbers or data or about statistics this comes down to again just being human and when we we have become almost not that we're ignoring it but so complacent that when we're told these things now we think oh you know that's the story of today there was a different one yesterday there'll be another one tomorrow and we completely forget that actually fundamentally these are our brothers and sisters and we are united in the human race and we have forgotten about that so I do agree talking about stories can I ask or could you share the most compelling story or person you have met that has maybe struck you and stuck with you the most uh, <clears throat> if there is one I'm sure there are dozens well this is it exactly so there are there are many there are many um there's this one story which is a really hard one that just come to my mind now so I'm going to tell this one um there's a so during um so you know in 2014 ISIS took Sinja and um held about 3,500 Yazidi women and girls um, captive and killed the Yazidi men really it was a genocide um half of those women have managed to escape or were freed but half of them we still don't know where they are and again you know we don't talk about this enough and this is like over five years on now and um and we felt compelled to do something about this um when when particularly a year after and women were coming back and the community weren't welcoming them back and they were traumatized and had been held as sex slaves often being raped multiple times a day for a year. Young girls, you know, at the time, I remember my daughter was 12 and there was a story about a young girl, age 12, who had been raped. And I, I couldn't, just could not stop thinking about it every time I looked at my daughter to imagine that she would have had to endure something like that. And so we um, organized a fundraiser and we raised enough money so that we could work in partnership with a local organization, the Free Yazidi Foundation, to provide a safe space for um, Yazidi women and girls to come. And there was this one girl who um, who arrived and she literally during the ordeal that she had to go through, close to lost her mind. Um, and she was so, during her captivity, she was so worried that she would forget her name that she um, engraved it in her forearm with a knife or like a something, a sharp object. Um, and she stitched her telephone number into her hairband 
because she was so worried that should she manage to escape, she wouldn't know who she was or who to call. And, um, you know, that's just, that's, that's like three years ago. And, um, and she managed to escape and she managed to call someone and she came to the center and she received the help she needed um, to the point where she became a really integral part of the organization and where she actually has now become the assistant of the director and is, is helping other women um, rebuild their lives and regain their sense of dignity um, and move on. And, and this is just um, a story that I, I will never forget. Um, and it does show you just how horrendous violence against women is. Um, but it also shows you the unbelievable strength and resilience of humans. And if that isn't an inspiration, then I don't know. So I have these women in my heart. And, you know, when a day is a bit dark, I just go into my boardroom and I just say hello. And I'm like, okay, we can do this. Oh, my gosh. Now, you and Women for Women International both inspire so many. Can I ask who inspires you? So this this young woman, she inspires me endlessly, literally beyond words. I mean, and, and like her, there are, I mean, I don't know how many women I have got in my boardroom. I haven't counted, but there are so many women. And I, like, I wish, I wish I, you know, we didn't have to have these stories because they are so awful, um, but they are there. And there has to be a reason. This is what I believe. And so, and if that reason is that we, it will fire us up to do what we can to ensure that this doesn't continue to happen or, uh, you know, then, then let that be the reason. So, um, yeah, so those are, those are the women that inspire me. I mean, you know, they are Zainab and there are other women who are perhaps more well-known. They also inspire me, but my deepest inspiration comes from these women. No, that's, uh, that's so true. When I'm asked who inspires me, other than yourself, obviously, which I said at the very beginning of these podcasts, it is those stories that stick with you and they will remain with you and they're in your heart forever. And they're the faces that come to your mind whenever you are asked that question. It's almost like you can't really think because you can't see beyond them because they're very much, not only are they the core of what you do, but they're the reason why we continue doing what we do, the main solid reason no, it's so um it's so true and I'm trying and to and yeah and isn't it Scarlett that that actually we're so deeply connected mm. to them that they are part of us and we are part of them and their story becomes our story and actually there's a bigger story and it's the story of women and Absolutely. of what it means to be a woman right yes. now in society and what it has meant for for centuries and that's suppression. And I really genuinely feel the sisterhood. That is the connection of sisterhood that I feel. Yeah, yeah. sisterhood. That is the uh, right word, actually. That's um, that's so true. Now, trying to finish, because we've both been a bit emotional in this episode, which is good because I actually really promote that because for so long 
I remember at the beginning I started this, I started Smart Girl Tribe when I was 19. So many people would come to me and they would say, oh, you know, you need to be aggressive, you know, like a man. If you want to be a CEO and you can't let things affect you. And I remember I would be told certain things and I would run to my dorm and I would just cry. And I think, no, I can't allow myself to be like this. So now being able to work in female empowerment and being surrounded by women I really try and encourage that we tap into our natural feminine traits and vulnerability and we allow ourselves to cry over these stories because that's your human response so no that's a it's definitely a positive trying to finish more on a positive though can I maybe ask you to share your vision for women for women international where do you see it going I have no doubt it's going to exist for years and years, if not centuries to come. But where do you personally see it going? So we have just um, adopted a global strategic plan for the next 10 years, and it sees us scaling, it sees us reaching many, many more women at a much faster pace. In, um, in countries affected by conflict, there are over 50 countries affected by conflict. We're in 10 right now. You know, I mean, the need is enormous. So so that is the, the kind of organizational vision. My more personal vision and hope is, um, is more linked to deeper personal connections and to um, this kind of the power of individual transformation and the ripples and the impact that that has on the wider community around you and how that leads to more systematic change um because i've been observing this and in fact i'm writing a book at the moment um about that actually Mm -hmm. how um really fundamentally how you can be the change as a feminist and how that change starts within you and that deep commitment to defying the gender stereotypes and the boxes that you've been put into you know and one of those boxes is you know if you want to be successful then you know you shouldn't cry or like CEOs don't cry or it's lonely at the top or I mean you name it if they don't sit right with you defy them Mm-hmm. literally defy them you, this is now is our time to create our own realities um and, and and i so for me this is what my mission is and and women for women international is key to that because that's what we've been doing with women in countries affected by conflict but importantly with women who want to make a difference in the uk in the us i've just mm-hmm. set up women for international in germany women all over and men too are crying out for an opportunity to lead more meaningful lives. Um, And the key is to realize that that starts with you and with the willingness to transform yourself. And then as you're doing that, you are inspiring others to do that for themselves. And then you can join together and then the change you can create is phenomenal. Are you the only one who goes out to these countries or do you have other team members? I know ambassadors do, but who yeah, else absolutely, travels? Absolutely. No, we have got quite a number of us. We go out with, with kind of different purposes. I often go to, to meet the participants, to hear the stories so that I can tell the stories. Um, others of us go out to provide technical support and advice. Others go out to monitor and evaluate. Um, so, so yeah, there are definitely several of us who, who travel on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's really important to go out. I also um, really love supporting my colleagues in country who are incredibly motivated. They are all from the countries where we operate and um, and they also need support and they also need a time out where they can just 
kind of create a little bit of distance to the day-to-day work and the stores that they hear and 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 just so we look after them and um, we support them yeah I have two final questions I know you're going to be excited to answer them both so I'm really happy what are the five essential reads let's say three to five I mean I could easily list ten that you would recommend to our listeners and to our readers um okay so they are very, very different, and I did this on purpose um, because I think it goes back to the boxing, right? Um, so they're not all just feminist. Mm-hmm. So, but the first one is definitely my favorite book of all times. It's the most incredible book. It's called Rise, Sister Rise mm-hmm. um, by Rebecca Campbell. I don't know. Do you know it, Scarlett? Yes, I have. Yes, I've read it. I know about it. Yeah, it's yeah, phenomenal. I love that. Um, this is very much, I think, for me, it's very empowering. And it's very inspiring to read. The next one is more informative and it really kind of gives you fuel for your rage, potentially. Mm-hmm. And it's called The Attack of the 50-Foot Woman by um, Catherine Myers. Oh, my gosh. I've only ever read about this one, but I've never read it. But it's your second... It's, it's, absolutely, it's really, really good. Okay. Um, and it's, it kind of really gives you just a lot of information about the about gender inequality and um, and also a lot of inspiration around what you can do to address gender inequality and, and yeah, lots of data as well, but written really, really well. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. Um, the next one is Rising Strong. And this is by Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. And um, as and you probably know her, she's written several books, but this one is my favorite one. And, and it really changed my life. Um, and it's all about um, embracing, you know, it's kind of being down in the mud, fa- failing or feeling like a failure and, and then rising strong. And what does that look like? Really great. Then the next one is um, called The Four Agreements. Okay. Do you know that book? No. This is the only one oh. I haven't heard of. I'm writing okay. it down as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that is one of my favourites. It's only a t- tiny little book. It's by Don Miguel Ruiz. And um, he's like a Mexican shaman. Anyway, there are these four agreements that he argues, if we could live by them, would transform our world and the world around us. And I genuinely agree with that. And I try and live by his four agreements. So, um, so yeah, highly, highly recommend. And then the other one um, I thought would be really great because, as you say, your audience is mainly feminist and we all need some fuel and some some data right <laughs> to um to underpin our um, arguments and it's uh, invisible women by carolina yeah. perez yes. yeah yeah i met her she was at the um statue unveiling of melissa right. fawcett yes i met her she's phenomenal again she is incredible and i love the amount of data and statistics she <laughs> provides but not only in her um in her book but also on twitter if you need to know something about feminism you can go and find it on her page right exactly that's what i thought it's just great and she has some she's also really some interesting data that shows you the gender bias in such a stark way that you're literally like oh my god really yeah it's really good so yeah oh my gosh well they're incredible i can't wait to read the four agreements and to also recommend those to my team. And then the very last question, I always, for season one of the podcast, I would always finish with my favourite quote of the week. So can I ask what your mantra you live by is, or maybe your favourite quote? Yeah, so this is um, a mantra that I live by, uh, and that is, 
life is a journey, not a destination. Um, and literally, I remember from when I was 13, it's, it's part of a song, and I would listen to it, and I'm like, oh, I so believe that. And that helps me to wake up in the morning and to say, God, I wonder what's going to happen today, right? And so that's that's really good. And then the other quote that I love, and I just, because of how we've been talking, I need to add this in, and that is, um, it's actually in the Rise, Sister Rise, and um, the quote is, we are the granddaughters of the witches they couldn't burn. And I just really love that because it's kind of, it's kind of like there's a responsibility that we carry, mm-hmm. right? Because actually yeah. there have been women before us who, who were trying to do what we're doing and they were killed for it. Um, and to kind of just remember that, A, we're not alone. There are lots of other witches around us. But B, there were many witches before us. Um, that's that's amazing. That's actually made me feel really empowered. Thinking right? Actually, you know, the work that we're doing women were killed for having these beliefs and ideals oh my goodness well first of all i just have to thank you so much for i know i've said it so many times you're such a force to be reckoned with that's the best way i can really sum you up rita it's a privilege to have you on the podcast but it's an honor to be able to say that i know that i know you your work both individual and women for women um international is incredibly inspiring. It motivates me every single day. I genuinely can't wait to share this episode with our listeners. I just want them to tap into you because you are a force to be reckoned with. You're such a light. You bring such a positive energy to this field that we call female empowerment and women's rights. So honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, some fantastic quotes I can't wait to listen back to and write down. But that's really what I can say is just thank you so much for your whole presence, your being, your work, for coming on today. Just thank you so much for it all. Where can our listeners find you now, whether that be on social media or if they want to intern with you, etc.? Yeah, so um, so my social media, I'm probably mostly most active on Instagram and it's um, at BrittaFS. Um, that's the same for Twitter. And um, and then if you want to get involved with Women for Women International, our website is really great, um, uh, you know, womenforwomen.org.uk or um, also on social media, which is uh, kind of the at Women for Women UK. So, mm-hmm. um, and we would love, of course, to have your listeners get more engaged. And, and I would love to, of course, hear from them. Thank you again. I will be in touch about the book and everything else. But thank you very much and have a fantastic rest of the day. Yes, you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.